we are one day closer to the Governor's Cup, which will feature the Louisville Cardinals and the Kentucky Wildcats. 7.30 kickoff on Saturday at Cardinal Stadium. We're going to identify the key players to watch for both teams, plus more, right here on the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville. Your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos, which is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. We're a day closer to the Governor's Cup. It is a Tuesday we're going to dive in and identify the key players to watch, one for each side of the ball, two for each team. We'll start out with the Louisville Cardinals, um, then transition into the Kentucky Wildcats. And then finally, there's been a lot of chatter, um, especially from the Louisville side of things and from the opposition as well, that has explained that the lopsided 2019 results has kind of affected their way of thinking when it comes to predicting this game. We're going to answer the question, just how much should you take away from that game and apply to this game? Um, But before we get into the content of today's show, like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as both a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. You can follow my personal Twitter in the handle in the graphic below. You can also follow the Lockdown Global Twitter page at LO underscore Global. So let's get right on into the show. Two key players to watch for for the Louisville Cardinals starting out on the offense. Uh, we're going to give that recognition to running back Jalen Mitchell. Um, spoiler, alert, spoiler alert for the defense, it's going to be Kendrick Duncan Jr. Um, on the season, Mitchell just under 700 yards, five touchdowns, averaging just under five yards per carry um, in his past couple games. Hasn't necessarily done a ton. Um, in the past five games, he's rushed for 100, 100 yards only once before, and that was against the Syracuse Orange, which he did pretty well. And you, you obviously know it, it's not going to be a ton of opportunity when you have a guy like Malik Cunningham that you are splitting carries with, along with Trevion Cooley, and then whoever else Scott Satterfield decides to use outside of that little running back committee. But the reason why I think he's a key player to watch for the Cardinals in this one, there's two, you know, there's two parts to this. Number one is it alleviates some of the pressure off of Malik, Malik Cunningham in the rushing attack. I feel like, you know, every team game plans for Malik. And, you know, Dino Babers had a, had a great quote before the game against Syracuse. And he was like, you know, Malik is one of the most dynamic players in college football. So you have to game plan, game plan for him in certain different ways than you would a normal team. And I think that that's something that, you know, Mark Stoops and Brad White are going to definitely zone in on they have a lot of talent on this defensive front especially in the front seven for the Kentucky Wildcats so I'm going to go Jalen Mitchell here because if he's able to get going not only does it alleviate some of the pressure off of Malik Cunningham's shoulders but hey this is a passing defense that has struggled a ton you know in the in the past couple weeks maybe not necessarily against um, New Mexico State and Vanderbilt but definitely in the weeks before um, Georgia, Mississippi State, Tennessee, when they played a solid passing attack, the Wildcats have struggled. And that's something that they do have talent on the back end of the secondary, but not just able to put it together. If the Cards are able to 
get the running game going, especially with a guy like Jalen Mitchell. I think that you open up the passing game. And I feel like that that's obviously, you know, hashtag analysis. Obviously, if you're running the ball well, it opens up the possibility of the passing attack. But especially for this Louisville offense, I feel like all season long, we've been talking about how good this running running attack has been. It, you know, it's been solid. I mean, there was a time where I think it was like five straight games to where they rushed for over 200 yards, and they did so. Uh, they didn't do it against Syracuse, but they did it against Duke. I mean, Malik Cunningham had that by himself. So you have to look at this in a way of, yes, the rushing attack has been very solid, but also we cannot underestimate how good Malik Cunningham has been in the passing game. There's been a handful of receivers that have stepped up big time. Jordan Watkins, Tyler Harrell, Amari Huggins, Bruce, the list goes on. Um, some big stuff for the Louisville offense. One of the reasons why they've succeeded as a whole. So if you're able to get Jalen Mitchell going in the rushing attack, like I mentioned, you you take some of that pressure off of the um, you know the Louisville passing attack and Malik Cunningham because you force Kentucky to stay honest. You know you force them to have to. You know, focus on a guy like Jalen Mitchell. He ran extremely hard against Syracuse, especially in that first drive. He set the tone right away. He had a couple big plays, which ultimately led um, to Louisville scoring a touchdown on the first drive. But, um, you know, if he's able to run that hard and get some big-time yardage plays, not the fastest guy, but he has deceptive speed when he gets out into the open field. So I think Jalen Mitchell is the player to focus on on offense for the cards, flipping the script on its head, looking at the defensive side of things. This is where things kind of get a little tricky. I really wanted to go with either Yasir Abdullah or CJ Avery here because of how good the Kentucky rushing attack is, You know how much you have to pay attention to the tight end position because Kentucky uses the tight ends, and not to mention uh, Wondell Robinson. They can put all over the field, and he can succeed. So I was looking to go into a linebacker here. But I think I'm going to go with the secondary because of you know how much better this Kentucky passing attack has been this year than it has been in years past with the addition of offensive coordinator Liam Cohen coming from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Kendrick Duncan Jr. gets the nod here for the defensive player to watch. Second on the team with 70 tackles, trailing just C.J. Avery by eight. Um, has one sack on the year, one interception. Um, no forced fumbles, I don't believe. But... At the end of the day, this is something to really look out for because I think that Duncan does a lot of things for the cards. Not only is he solid in coverage, but he also does well when it comes to guy, you know, tackling guys that get through the, the line of scrimmage in the first wave of the defense, so to speak. So, And I think that that's very key for this matchup because one of the things that we'll talk about later on in the week, one of the plays to the, you know, one of the keys to the game is to limit the big time play and force Kentucky to really work for it on offense. And that you know, applies not only to the rushing attack when you have got, you know, let's face it, they have one of the best rushing duos in the country. Chris Rodriguez, Cavassier Smoke, both guys with possible NFL futures in um, the, the near future. I should say. So, you know, and not only that, but playing behind that very solid offensive line like it always is, you have to, you know, give the credit and give the respect to that rushing attack and really, um, I'm not necessarily saying love the box because you can't do that against this team any longer, but you, you have to give them the respect and you halt, you have to, you know, play as if they're going to run it down your throat. But the, the thing about it is, is they've really revolutionized the passing attack of this offense uh, Will Levis, the transfer quarterback from Penn State, has come in and has been serviceable. I wouldn't necessarily say he has um, – maybe he has exceeded expectations, but he hasn't necessarily jumped off the page. We'll talk about that when uh, Jeremy Wallman comes on the show 
um, later on this week. But they have a lot of playmakers on this team. We start out with Wondell Robinson, who is one of the most dynamic home run threat wide receivers in the country. He can. Uh, I'm very, I'm very impressed with how they're able to get him the ball out in space, whether it be on a jet sweep, uh, out on a you know a screen out in the flat, or just on a on a big time um, vertical route. They, they Definitely switch it up and get him the ball in a variety of different ways. Uh, but it's not just him. You know, they've got guys like Josh Ali. Um, Isaiah Cummings has been solid. Justin Rigg, Isaiah Epps. There's a, you know, a, a duo of tight ends at the at the latter part of that list that, you know, make, make life challenging for uh, opposing defenses because there's a lot of weapons that you're forced to guard. But it definitely is highlighted by Wondell Robinson. But Kendrick Duncan Jr. is the player to watch for the defense because they're going to rely on his veteran leadership. They're going to rely on his ability to not only play solid in coverage, but also in the tackling scheme of things as well as a safety. So to flip it over to the Kentucky side of things where I got to be honest, the, the offensive player was very easy to identify. That is Wondell Robinson, but on the defensive side of things, this is where things kind of get a little interesting. I go Deandre swear I'm sorry, DeAndre Square, not Swear. I'm sorry. Uh, DeAndre Square is the defensive player to watch out for. Before we get into that, I want to talk about our friends down at NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. But is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Once again, that's netsuite.com slash NCAA for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash NCAA. Also want to talk about our friends at Prize Picks. If you are a college sports fanatic, you need to hear about this opportunity. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in daily um, college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football props than anyone in the world while offering all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 just by using the promo code Locked On. So basically, you pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. And it's literally just you versus the projected numbers, and it allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on. Um, Patrick Mahomes and combine that with the under on Stephen Curry in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So now we're switching over to the Kentucky 
Kentucky side of things, focusing on the key players to watch for, that is, once again, Wondell Robinson, DeAndre Square. Beginning with the offensive side of things, Wondell Robinson, after transferring from Nebraska uh, after a pair of um, seasons there, he has really busted onto the scene this year. He's over 1,000 yards on the season, 85 receptions to his season resume, um, leading the team with seven receiving touchdowns and averaging 12.6 yards per reception. So he is definitely the guy that, uh, you know, Scott Satterfield, um, when talking about Kentucky in his weekly press conference on Monday afternoon, he said, uh, when asked, how do you, you know, what's the game plan for this Kentucky team? And, you know, he was um, – you know, explaining, you know, you have to be able to you know, respect the run. They have some very good running backs. Will Levis has been solid. But you better know where Wondell Robinson is at all times because he can carve you up if you let him and if you um, lose him in coverage. That's another thing that Louisville has to do when it comes to limiting the big-time play. A lot of that is containing Wondell Robinson. When he gets to the ball, you have to take away his ability to get out into space. You have to get, you know, get to him quickly because – if you if you allow him to catch the ball with some room to run, he's very twitchy, can make guys miss extremely easily. And um, you know, I gotta be honest, I'm petrified for this matchup because I think that he is arguably the best receiver the Cards have played all season, and obviously will play all season. With this being the, being the end of the regular season. But, you know, he's got to be the guy that you focus on because of the different ways, and I alluded to this, they get him the ball in so many different ways, and that makes him that much more dangerous because not only is he a deep ball threat, um, but you get him in packages to where he, you know, gets handoffs in a jet jet sweep type situation, you know, getting it out in the flat in a wide receiver screen, you know, whether he can line up on the outside and slant over the middle where he lines up in the slot and just makes some stuff happen with his legs. He's very versatile in where he can make plays on the field. He's just a, you know, he's just a, you know, he's just a player, a baller, so to speak. And um, I think that it's going to be one of the toughest defensive assignments that Louisville has been faced with all season long. Um, the good thing is that they know what they have to do now. It's just, uh, you know, a matter of going out and executing. So. I mean, this really shouldn't come as a surprise. I kind of went back and forth maybe with, with Chris Rodriguez a little bit because I feel like if he gets going on the ground, it's going to be really tough to stop this Kentucky offense. So there's a couple different players that you'll have to focus on, but Wondell Robinson being the number one or 1A at the very worst. Um, flipping over on the defensive side of things, I went back and forth between Jacquez Jones, the transfer from Mississippi, and DeAndre Square, DeAndre Square second on the team in tackles with 74, um, is I believe third on the team in sacks with three on the season. He only has one pass deflection, forced one fumble. Um, the reason that he gets the nod in, in this situation for me, uh, because number one, you know, being a, a veteran linebacker, 6'1", 224 senior from Detroit, Michigan, you know, he's been a guy that has played the Cardinals before. He's played against Malik Cunningham, so you know the familiar the familiarity process, you know, uh, aspect of things may help them in, in some aspects. But I think Malik Cunningham has been very solid and has grown exponentially in terms of being a, um, an overall player. But I think that that's where Square really comes into play with his athleticism because you're being tasked with a very you know tall assignment in, in guarding Malik Cunningham and forcing him to you know get into uncomfortable situations to where he's speeding up his reads to where he is um, not able to get out into the flat and make some things happen with his legs. The the 
the best case scenario for Kentucky is that they fluster Malik Cunningham early and they get him in third and long situations where actually, you know, what was probably one of the better third and long, um, you know, teams out there. But, you know, the issue being, you know, if you can get Malik Cunningham into situations to where he's feeling the heat early, he's uh, taking a couple sacks, which he hasn't really done in weeks past and forcing him to go through his reads quicker. When you do that, there's more, um, you know, there's more of a prone to throwing an interception or causing a turnover. And then if you are cutting away, you know, his ability to run the football, you know, I think that if you shut down Malik Cunningham, obviously that, that is the Louisville offense. I mean, I feel like uh, if you shut down Will Levis, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks, but that Kentucky rushing attack could, um, you know, keep the offense afloat while Levis finds his footing. But if you shut down Malik Cunningham with that uh, overall, um, just overall, not necessarily representation, but I guess you could say impact and responsibility on the Cardinal offense. DeAndre Square is a guy who's played him before, a veteran leader that this team looks to um, to, to set an example. I also think uh, Josh Pascal on the defensive line. Um, his ability to get after the quarterback that could prove well, and just you know trying to keep him inside the hash marks, not letting him get outside, especially in uh, RPO situations or in broken down plays where Malik Cunningham is just trying to create something out of nothing. Um, De- DeAndre Square, Jacques Jones, um, Josh Pascal. The, there's a handful of players that are going to be forced. You know, it's not one player, you know, spying on the quarterback. It's likely going to be something that Brad White kind of throws different looks at Malik Cunningham and forces him to make um, dis, you know tough decisions all game long. So overall, Wondell Robinson offensively, DeAndre Square defensively, you know, it's going to come down to who can um, game plan for the other team stars better. Uh, you know, and that's another one of those hashtag analysis. So, but we'll continue to talk about these position groups as the um, week goes on, as we get um, further and further into the week. I want to finish out this episode kind of pondering the question, how much should we take from that 2019 performance that ended up in a 45-13 to defeat in favor of Kentucky into account into this matchup? We'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season, along with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. One thing remains the same, and that is BetOnline is your number one spot for all the basketball and football action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. So, we're into the last segment of the day. And I got to be honest, when I said they, you know, there's a lot of people on social media that are kind of bringing up the 2019 result as, you know, an indicator for how this game might potentially go. Maybe not necessarily a blowout, but along the same lines, a little struggles with the same aspects of the game in this game that they did in the 2019 contest. And I got to be honest, I can see where they're coming from. And in a lot of ways, I agree. Here's what we're not going to take away. Number one, the weather. Yes. Um, you losing 45 to 13, it doesn't matter if it's a sunny day or not. It's hard to spin that as, okay, we would have won the game had the weather been nicer. 
No, I do think that the monsoon kind of took Louisville out of its game, um, taking away the passing attack and forced the the cards to run the ball and try to win the game on the ground. And with the game being um, kind of decided in the trenches, the cards uh, just were no match. And you know, not 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 only that, but you look at the Kentucky offense; they had four passing yards because uh, they had a wide receiver converted quarterback uh, running the football for over 500 yards. That's not necessarily going to be the case. Will Levis, not necessarily known as a dual threat quarterback. So, you know, there is some aspects of that game and some, you know, scenario, you know, situational um, stuff that you can't take from that game and apply to this one. But what you can take away, and I, uh, you know, th- there's a couple things. Number one is there seems to be another illness that is going around the Cardinal football program like it did in 2019. Um, that illness has been disclosed by all um, by all accounts. It seems like it's um, a non-COVID-related illness. Uh, it seems like it's like flu-like symptoms. Malik Cunningham played with flu-like symptoms against Syracuse. Or, I'm sorry, against Duke. And had that big game. Scott Satterfield alluded in his press conference on Monday that a couple Additional guys um, started to fill under the weather on Sunday, but he was hopeful that they would return to practice early on in the week. It's one of those things to where you hope that it's on the tail end of the the illness, but definitely something to monitor as we get closer to this matchup because one of the things that hurt the cards back then with that illness bug is starting to rear its ugly head in this uh, matchup coincidentally. So uh, definitely take that into consideration. I think another thing is the fact that, you know, I think Kentucky is still superior in the trenches, although I think that the Cardinals have made extreme strides when it comes to depth on both sides of the ball. But not only that, but just the overall talent. I think the Louisville offensive line has been playing better and better as the season goes on. And just one offensive line of the week in the ACC this past week against Duke. So the Louisville offensive line has continually gotten better. And the defensive line, let's put it this way, probably couldn't have gotten much worse from where they are at in 2019. Uh, they added depth, got some key rotational guys in. You know, the more of the story is these guys were gassed by the end of the season in 2019. They ran into a perfect storm in, in terms of there being a monsoon. You went up against a superior team in the trenches. And, I mean, you saw what happened, 45-13. to 13. So I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm a little hesitant to predict a Cardinal win because I think some things haven't changed. I think that Kentucky is still very good in the trenches, better than the Cardinals. I think that they're better in the front seven as well. Um, that you know you can't underestimate that. And I, I think it could be like 2019 to where, yes, the Cardinals beat teams that were better than Kentucky that year overall, but Louisville just did not match up with Kentucky as you know, they didn't match up good at all. And I think that might be another situation here to where, hey, they might have played teams that were maybe better than Kentucky overall this year and played better. But at the end of the day, I feel like the Wildcats still match up extremely well. I worry about the Kentucky um, wide receiving core in this game. That's why you can't you know take away all of the factors of that 2019 game because they literally threw the ball, I think, like twice because Lynn Bowden Jr. was not a quarterback. So they just ran behind that big offensive line. Uh, Bowden uh, utilized the um, you know the read option extremely well, and the Cardinals just couldn't stop it. And um, you know, hopefully, if the Cards are healthy, if you know they're not necessarily battling any illnesses, I think that it, this definitely could be um, a 50-50 game, a toss-up. It's a rivalry game, so it's already going to be hard enough to predict because you just don't know what happens in these type of games. 
but there are some you know similarities and some constants that you can draw from this 2019 game that may um, you know contribute overall to the hesitancy and the caution of picking Louisville to win this game or being optimistic about this matchup. But I wouldn't necessarily say that just because they lost by what they did in 2019 means that they're going to lose here because you have to take, you know, context matters. Um, You know, some things matter, you know, just as much as some things don't matter and don't matter now, I should say. But um, definitely going to be a a, a very solid game. Louisville does have Uncle Mo on their side, momentum winning the past two games and just playing overall better in the second half of the season. So we talked about the key players to watch out for, for Louisville, for Kentucky, and why, yes, you should take some stuff away from the 2019 game and apply it to this one. You can't take everything away from it. Um, As the week goes on, there will be no episode on Thanksgiving, obviously. We'll continue to preview this matchup um, as the week goes on. Um, You know, overall, we will just continue to, you know, take things as they are. And, you know, just see how things go when it comes to the illness. But that's going to wrap up um, this um, Monday, I'm sorry, Tuesday edition of the show. I'm losing my days. I want to give a couple quick shout outs. Um, first to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can find that at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q uh, with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can get all of that uh, on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. But that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.